Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 25 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And we're one week away from SummerSlam and TakeOver 36. SummerSlam Saturday, TakeOver 36 Sunday, Friday Night Rampage, Friday Night SmackDown. It's going to be a long weekend. It is. With a lot of wrestling and a lot of, a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we might as well just jump right in because... Raw started off with the return of Randy Orton. And they announced his return Monday morning. Yeah, I, I hate when we can't have nice things, like just a nice surprise yeah, of why, like the music hitting. Why? I don't know. It's very confusing. I don't understand it. But yeah, we did get, a I guess, a Twitter announcement that Randy was opening the show, and he did. He is back, and no one was happier about that than Matt Riddle. Yeah. And Matt comes out, he's on his scooter, makes his entrance, and he wants to get back into things. He wants to get back into RK Bro. Yeah, he asked him, where'd you go? I missed you. And Randy just said, what makes you think I want to tag with you again? Legitimately broke Matt Riddle's heart Yeah. on live television. To the point where the audience was like, aw. Yeah, the audience was sad about it. Mm -hmm. I was sad about it. Well, we want to see RK Bro. We want to see Randy and Riddle get along and be a tag team. And Randy doesn't want to give that to us. You know who else doesn't want that to happen? AJ and Omos. Well, I wonder why. You know, I just so badly want RK Bro to take the tag titles off of them. But who knows what's going to happen. And when they came out, Randy was saying, I've been gone for the last seven months, but I've been watching. And, like, calling AJ out on his shit. And AJ turned around and said, that's Cap? Yeah. Really, I mean, I popped for it. I almost threw up. I was <laughs> laughing and coughing so hard when he said that. Just a big surprise thing yeah. for, Ray, for AJ Styles to say, of all things. But, yeah, AJ kind of played that heel character of he doesn't want to see the fans happy either. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a good way of pushing Randy closer to matt riddle yeah because it's like when your parents don't like your boyfriend or your girlfriend and it just it kind of pushes them like even if you don't even like that girlfriend yeah, right? or boyfriend but if your parents don't it's like you know what i'm just gonna be with them just out of spite yep and randy is a spiteful person mm-hmm. and he will team with randy with riddle, with riddle yeah. if not just to spite aj styles i hope it works out because we had randy versus aj later that during this and I don't even remember who won. No, I don't either. That's like a problem, but I don't. And at the end of all of it, Randy Orton RKO's Matt Riddle. Of course. Devastated. Um, I mean, Randy tried to RKO Omas. Didn't work. Riddle tried to, to RKO Omas. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. And then, uh, yeah, of all things, Randy RKO's Riddle. And Riddle had like a smile on his face. I know. I couldn't tell if he was like in pain and that was just what his face looked like or if he was like loving every second of it and that's what his face looked like because it looked like he was smiling but he was also just got rko'd laying in the middle of the ring yeah i feel like it was one of those like oh randy exactly darn it you got me and that might just be the gimmick of this tag team of randy does not want a team with riddle Mm -hmm. and will continuously rko riddle but riddle just loves randy so much that it doesn't matter it's so strange. I think deep down inside, Randy loves Riddle. 
Absolutely. I think he's just fighting it because he's just like a juror. Like, I think in real life, Randy sees something in Riddle. Yeah. And wants to team with him and wants to kind of help elevate him. And, I mean, eventually, you got you to gotta think that when you have, like, a team that's smushed together like this just out of the blue, mm-hmm. they're going to break up. Yeah. Eventually, and then... Especially when it's Randy Orton in general. Of course. He's not going to be working with everybody. He's going to RKO's friends. Like, that's exactly what happened. And we all... That's what everybody kept preparing Riddle for. That's what everybody kept saying was going to happen. Like, we've said it anyway. It's only a matter of time. It sucks, but I still hope you... I, I hope Riddle doesn't care. And Riddle's like, it's all right. Yeah. Like, let's go tag together, and then at SummerSlam, they take the titles from AJ and Omos. And I think they do, because I think AJ and Omos have had the titles long enough. We can figure out something to do with both of them. Mm-hmm. AJ's a main event kind of guy. Omos is massive and potentially could be a world beater if you let him be that. Yeah. Because uh, there's not really, like, there's not, like, a monster heel Mm-mm. on Raw. I mean, you could say Bobby is, but, like, not like a like how Braun Strowman was. Yes. And Omos can kind of replace that. Um, but yeah, oh, don't I, say that. We can't replace Braun. Everybody has to be replaced, and it, it sucks. But That's so sad. You know, I mean, we can talk about Bobby Lashley comes out with MVP, and they rag on Goldberg a little bit. MVP's sitting there talking that he has broken lungs, talking about how Goldberg's son shouldn't watch SummerSlam and how Goldberg also shouldn't watch SummerSlam. It was very weird. And then Lashley says, Goldberg, you're not next. You're done. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was just MVP kind of gaslighting that he wasn't threatening Gageberg. Exactly. But I liked it's kind of, it was not short, but it was like sweet and to the point how. Mm-hmm. Like, Bobby is not here for a long match with Goldberg. Because Goldberg's not, not here. Yeah, Goldberg's not here for a long match with anybody. This match is going to be less than 10 minutes. Goldberg will get two or three spears in. Might go for a jackhammer. Bobby Lashley needs to win this match. Yeah. And I don't know what you do next because you can't just keep doing. Like, Goldberg's a one off. It's a great thing to get, like, a, that notch in Bobby Lashley's belt of saying, like, during this run. He's beaten Drew McIntyre. He's beaten Braun Strowman. He's beaten Kofi Kingston. Now he beats Goldberg. What comes next at, I mean, Survivor Series? You'll have something in between then. But I don't know what comes next for Bobby now. Hopefully Big E. Could be Big E. Could I be the guy. That. I do not could want have to see him Big ca- E versus I mean, we could have him cash in running. at SummerSlam. Yeah. Goldberg could win. And yeah, then Big but that's e, his dream match, and that yeah. would be so beautiful. Goldberg wins, Big E cashes in, takes that title from him. Like, you could go that route, and then Bobby and Big E end up feuding. Yeah. Um, over the belt. But either way, we've got a different champion to talk about, and that is Nikki Ash. Nikki A-S-H. I'm sorry, Nikki A-S-H. <laughs> it's so dumb. She should be called Nikki Ash. I don't know why we can't call her that, but WWE seems to insist it's that we so, go by Nikki A-S-H. It's so strange. very clunky sounding, but she came out. She had a match with Rhea Ripley. She's all bandaged up from, I'm assuming, her match the week prior with Charlotte. She has bandages on her ribs, on her arms. Charlotte Flair comes out and interferes in this match, though. Without any bandages. Yeah, right? Without any sign of being worse for wear. But she is in these full-body jumpers... And she just looks incredible and hella intimidating. And I don't know, man, she left everybody laying in the ring while she was standing there 
holding the championship up. And is that a spoiler for SummerSlam? I mean, probably. I, it, it always could be. Charlotte Flair is like death in Texas. Like, it's just, it's unavoidable. Yeah. You're going to get Charlotte Flair as champion at some point. Um, she did literally just win the title about, like, not even a month ago, yeah. maybe. And then immediately lost it to Nikki A.S.H. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Charlotte has been looking amazing in these matches. You like the bodysuits. She looks great in them. And they're all, like, funky, too. Kind of like a, how Seth Rollins has his, like, funky suits. Like, these are, they're not just, like, normal. Well, Charlotte's look more like she could fight in them. Exactly. She looks more intimidating. Yeah. Because it just, like, it shows you how, like, muscular and strong she is. It's just very intimidating. You know what's not intimidating? A blinking doll. A winking doll? She Wink, winked. A winking doll. She winked. Either um, way, a doll winked. Last that's week, what WWE is now. Last week, a doll stood up. Mm-hmm. This week, a doll blinked. Winked. <laughs> Winked, whatever. We can't get it. We, it's so dumb, we can't the even old, figure it out. The old one-eye blink. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Dewdrop and Alexa Bliss are going to have a match. Mm-hmm. And Alexa, prior to the match, places Lily in the corner, in her corner, and we, on her corner. We really thought that like we were going to get her attached to a string or some shit, or they were going to just... I would have gone nuts. I know. If they had just stringed up Lily and had her fly... That would have been been so so amazing. But instead, we had, I guess, like, pre-recorded, edited video of Lily winking. At Dewdrop? At Dewdrop. And then Dewdrop, with some okay acting, pretends to be, I guess, like, stunned by it. Yeah, I guess. And then Alexa gets the roll-up victory. (sighs) Eve is not happy. You know who else wasn't happy? The crowd. The crowd was just like, what are we watching? Mm-hmm. And we, we're we like, what are we watching? But also, the crowd was chanting, we want Wyatt yeah. during this match. I feel bad for Alexa Bliss in all of this. Me because, too. Because, like, not only did her friend get released, and she's seen a lot of those this year, mm-hmm. but to get the chance of another superstar who just got released, whose character basically you have taken yeah i don't want to say taken because it sounds like she did it but like she was basically given his character bray's character Mm -hmm. and now the fans are just chanting we want wyatt over her matches i hope it's not like a consistent thing because it's not it's nothing none of this is her fault yeah it's not fair to her no but unfortunately well i mean unfortunately for wwe and for alexa bray wyatt people love him yeah and they were pissed about his release, and they're gonna let you know about it. Yeah, and they did for sure. And then Damian Priest lets John Morrison know that he's next in line mm-hmm. for Sheamus's U.S. title match by beating John Morrison, and then again squirting the Miz with the proverbial drip sticks. Yeah, um, he was taking them from the Miz and squirting John Morrison with them. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the Miz ends up standing up. This is now the second week in a row that standing up is a big deal on Raw. I know. And, but this time it's The Miz, mm-hmm. who we thought was injured. Who Damian Priest has been calling out saying that he wasn't injured and he was faking it. And I thought Damian Priest was an asshole for that. We talked about it last week. And then The Miz gets up and r- runs. And I mean, this dude Bro, takes off. Miz can move. He moved quick. Who and Damian Priest just sat there like, 
son of a... Like, what? The man's like 40 years old. He was out there sprinting. He went quick, but then Priest ends up getting on the mic and talking shit on Seamus. And then Seamus ends up coming out, being all like, say it to my face. And Priest is like, okay, I yep. want you at SummerSlam for the U.S. Championship. So now we have Seamus and Priest lined up for the U.S. Championship and just at do SummerSlam. It. Just, just yeah. put the title on Priest, whatever. The U.S. title has not meant anything since John Cena's open challenge, I think. Was like, the, and that, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, it's just a title that, like, you just give to a mid card guy that doesn't have anything else to do, like, which is what Seamus is right now. Mm -hmm. um, Priest hasn't been doing anything really since WrestleMania. But yeah, just put the belt on him. Who cares? It's not, you know, it'll get the crowd to pop. They'll hopefully be into Damian Priest and he yeah. can have, um, you know, a I few think the crowd whatever. would would pop for that. I think they would like it. Yeah, crowds I mean, like title changes. Exactly. Either way, they're going to have, like, some sort of reaction for that title change. Yeah, and then, I mean, the the less important things that happen on this show, uh, unfortunately, again, Drew McIntyre falls into this category, man. Yeah, Drew I McIntyre, I don't... This one... They okay. have fucked this up. Yes. So brutally. This man was booked so well mm -hmm. at the top of the card through the entire pandemic. Carries the WWE through this pandemic. with It was basically him and Bailey. Mm -hmm. And last and now it's him like and Angela. Three. And now... Angela's a sword. Drew McIntyre is a swordsman uh -huh. who just wields this sword at people as if this is fucking medieval times. It's so crazy. Baron Corbin was here. And yeah. that's so weird to me because Baron Corbin's a SmackDown guy. So apparently... Jinder called Baron over the weekend and offered him money to fight Drew on Monday Night Raw. And Drew's telling yes, Baron he's sense. pathetic. Baron is pathetic right now. It's hilarious, though. So, like, that's... I, I don't even know. Like, it's a shame that Drew is wrapped up in this. Well, like, it was weird because on commentary, Corey Graves is like, oh, this is a part of, like, the talent exchange program or some shit yeah where it's four times a year you can go to one of the other brands like what are you talking about don't stop making rules they just nonchalantly said that like that this was something that's been going on this well, was the first time we've heard that i remember it was a thing pre-pandemic mm -hmm. that they were like oh like and people were annoyed by it then because it's like if you well, have separate only brands, certain people too I forget what the rules are. The problem is the rules they, aren't yeah, consistent. Exactly. I mean, wrestling is wrestling. There are no rules, yeah. really. Yeah, Drew McIntyre gets a win over broke-ass Baron Corbin and then tries to sword... Gender, Gender and Shanky and Veer. Shanky and Veer. <sighs> okay. And, you know, <laughs> Drew McIntyre and Gender, I'm sure, will have a match at SummerSlam. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll, eh, I don't really care but about Gender. don't care. Uh, Ricochet and Sheamus. Sheamus beats up Ricochet... Again, I Again. think. Uh, and then Jeff Hardy uh, versus Karrion Cross. Karrion gets his rematch yes. from weeks ago and then finally gets that, that win. Still no sign of Scarlet, but at mm -hmm. least Karrion Cross gets that win back after that weird loss he had to Jeff Hardy a few weeks ago. We might as well just go right into Karrion Cross now. Yeah. Because he'll be defending his NXT championship against Samoa Joe at TakeOver 36. I think Samoa Joe's going to win that match. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I want. I think I want Samoa Joe to win that match. Yeah, I, I definitely. I follow that. Of you want to see Joe with the belt again, mm -hmm. and 
I mean, if we're moving Karrion Cross up, then exactly. just move Karrion Cross up. Move him up. up. He does not need to hold on to the title. Bring Scarlet with you. Because she, and that's not like a knock. Like, she completes the, the whole package. Yeah, I agree with that. Him without her just doesn't feel right, especially mm-hmm. with that entrance. There are rumors that, like, the story's supposed to be that once Scarlet gets on TV with him, he's going to be unstoppable, but but we don't need that. But also, he's winning matches now without Scarlet. Exactly. So that, doesn't, so that, that rumor doesn't even make any sense anymore because yeah. technically it, he's showing that he doesn't need her to win. Yeah. He does need her in general because I think she does complete his package. And, like, throughout this show of NXT, there was a love story intertwined. Indy... And Dexter's first date. It was so fresh. We had small skits throughout the night mm-hmm. of Candace and Johnny don't want Indy to go. And then Johnny has a man-to-man talk with Dexter about his intentions. And then they go to dinner and Johnny's the fucking waiter. And yeah, Candace is there with Yeah, they just spy on them the whole time. It's, it's just classic sitcom nonsense. Yeah, like your kid's going on a date, but you have to like, they're going to the movies, so you have to sit a few rows back exactly. so that you yeah. can still keep an eye on them. Classic television. Exactly. Oh, speaking of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling, Johnny yes. and Candace had some exciting news. There's a, there's a baby wrestling on its way. It's very exciting. So that really explains why uh, Candace and Indy lost those tag team matches, or tag team titles yeah i mean it was kind of it was very random at the time Mm -hmm. this was however many weeks ago yeah in hindsight it makes sense Uh, now it obviously makes Mm -hmm. sense especially because they never got back into that title picture exactly it makes even more sense as to why they didn't candace says that she's going to stick around though yeah she said indy needs her of course that family is falling apart (laughs) you need the matriarch to kind of figure things out but papa john becomes a real papa yeah Uh, he's gonna have his second kid uh, behind Austin. Meanwhile, Austin already ran away, so it's basically like having his only kid. And conspiracy theory, I think Austin found out, and that's why he ran away. I think he found one of the, uh, what do they call Ultrasound? The pictures? The <laughs> one of the baby pictures. Uh, and I think he found it, and I think that's why he ran away. Because he doesn't want to compete for Papa John's love. And before I get too sad about it, we're going to move on to <laughs> Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who will settle the score. At TakeOver 36. Yo, TakeOver 36, this card is stacked already. Yeah, I mean, especially, it. they, they flip-flopped SummerSlam and TakeOver. So SummerSlam is Saturday. Mm-hmm. TakeOver will be Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, SummerSlam is also a stacked card. Yeah, but TakeOver something but else, like, man. TakeOver, man. Yeah. TakeOver's had quite the build. We're going to get Adam and Kyle O'Reilly, and we get a segment. It's those two in the ring with William Regal, and we're going to do a two out of three falls match. At TakeOver 36. And each man gets to pick a stipulation. And then the Regal will pick the third stipulation if that match is uh, necessary. Kyle O'Reilly's stipulation was so... Like, I understand it. So he wants a normal match. So I understand it in the aspect of he wants to beat Adam Cole clean. Mm -hmm. But you can pick any stipulation... You just pick a normal match. Like it makes it would have made sense had we not done this in a you pick, I pick. Exactly. Yeah. Like it makes sense to have them ascend in craziness. Mm-hmm. But like Kyle O'Reilly could have just picked. I thought for sure he'd pick a submission match. Something. And make Adam Cole tap out the first fall. Like that would have at least had some kind of intrigue to it. Just a regular straight up match. I get it. It just seems bland for Kyle to pick that. Exactly. Uh, and then Adam calls him out for it because mm-hmm. Adam wants a street fight. 
Yeah, and he's getting that. So fall number two will be a street fight, and then fall number three if necessary, which... It wink, will wink. be. Yeah. It's necessary. Grab Lily, because we're Lincoln. We're Lincoln? We're Lincoln. We're Winkin. We're Abraham Lincoln on this show. <laughs> and Steel Cage match will be number three. That's going to be good. Even it's, if it's the third match and they're going to be tired, it's still going to be a good match. This Yeah, this takeover is going to be something else, because not only have, do we have Karrion Cross uh-huh. and Simone Joseph, we have Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in three matches, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, we're also going to have... Ilya Dragunov versus Walter That's on American soil. We had Pete Dunn versus Ilya Dragunov on TakeOver. Great match. Great match. Pete Dunn gets the win after Walter shows up, kind of distracts Ilya Dragunov. It was shocking that Walter came out. Yes. Like, Walter's we knew never, he was, he's never been here. Exactly. And we knew he was coming because he we knew he was coming for next week, but we did not expect him to pop up this week. If anything, yep. I would have expected him to pop up this coming Wednesday. Yeah, but Walter is here. It's weird to see Ilya Dragunov lose, but at least it's not like a clean loss. Because I, I was yeah. very confused why they were even having this match, because you don't want to make Pete Dunne lose and make him look bad. Mm-hmm. You don't want Ilya Dragunov to lose right before the biggest match of his career. But at least they got out of it a little bit. Nobody's too hurt by it. And Walter's here, so it makes sense that Dragunov like, lost this match because he, it was a distraction. It's not like yeah. he lost it clean or And anything. then Dragunov ends up getting the upper hand, leaves Walter laying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've got one more week to build it. Yeah. But it does. These matches don't need too much more build. No. Like they might not even need to talk about them, do much with them on no. NXT. Like they might be building other things. Well, up. they've been doing these like uh, promo video packages, and they've been incredible. And we've already had one uh, for Ilya Dragon of Walter. I talked about that last week. They had one this week, uh, I believe, for Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross, and it's just like. Yeah. These packages they're putting together are fantastic. But we're going to move on to AEW, guys. We've got two AEW shows to talk about this week. Yeah. For the first time. We have uh, Dynamite on Wednesdays. We have AEW Rampage Friday nights directly after SmackDown. Oh, just so great. And we're going to start with Dynamite because Christian Cage comes out. And it turns out he's going to face Kenny Omega on Rampage mm-hmm. for the Impact World Championship. Yep. And then on Dynamite, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are going to go against the Young Bucks. Yes. Because I think it was Omega and the Young Bucks won, and that's why Christian Cage came out. And you know what else was happening during that? Very easy loud. Very, very loud CM Punk chants. And, I mean, almost completely drowning out Don Callis. It was like, he did a great job just getting louder and trying to get over it and push through it because he couldn't give in to that. No, you have to just kind you of power to, through yeah. it. Uh, especially with all the teasing that's been happening anyway. You don't need to, like, let that breathe and let that chant keep going. He did a great job of getting through it. And, yeah, this segment sets up sets up two big matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny's not happy about it, but that match does happen. Later on on Rampage, we'll get to that, but how terrifying is Miro lately? Yo, he, we've said this plenty of times, he was Rusev, he is Miro, we stand behind him as either. We as a household love this man, and this man is terrifying now, and it is working. Yeah, he's killing it, and he, these promos have been continuously, like, he is the redeemer, he is Mm -hmm. God's favorite champion, uh, he is his wife's 
favorite champion too, I guess. <laughs> he loves talking about her. It's so fun. Loves talking about his wife. And we'll talk about his next title defense a little bit later. First, I need to talk about Orange Cassidy. Because you know how he does that like soft kick thing? Yes. So while he was doing this, I think it was against Matt Hardy during that match. I realized that I need to see Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Bryan. I think that those two, between Daniel Bryan's, like, kicks and Orange Cassidy's kicks, I think that they would make such a funny little in-ring segment. Yeah, I mean, like, Daniel Bryan can play the the heel character. He can play, like, the funny guy. Exactly. Either way, he can play off Orange Cassidy very well. But you know how most time, like, most of the opponents against Orange Cassidy will do the soft kick back or the soft hit or whatever. Like, they, they do the same force that he has behind his. And... I, it's so funny, like, I just did not understand Orange Cassidy at first, and you've loved him since the jump, and I just did not get it, and now I get it, and now I want to see him against wrestlers that also get it, and I think Daniel Bryan would just add so much to that, like a match between those two. Yeah, I mean, that's if Daniel Bryan is indeed coming to AEW. We know that the rumors continue to swirl around when CM Punk Mm -hmm. making his way to AEW, I mean, guys are just jumping ship left and right. Yeah. The original guy was Chris Jericho, Mm -hmm. and he had his fourth labor of Jericho. Uh, MJF was at ringside, not special referee. Not a referee. So that clears that up. And Jericho is going to face Wardlow, and Jericho is going to beat Wardlow. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to get Jericho versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and it's going to be with specific stipulations i'm not happy about the stipulations the first stipulation of this match is that chris jericho cannot use the judas effect guess who doesn't care me yeah because the judas effect sucks um (laughs) i hate it i don't like it as a finish at all jericho has plenty of other moves he can end matches with um and if he does hit the judas effect mjf automatically wins yes uh the bigger stipulation is that Chris Jericho's not allowed to come out to Judas. Yeah, he's not allowed. It's no Judas anything. So no Judas effect the move. No Judas music. MJF said he specifically wants Chris Jericho to come out to silence. And if this crowd does not sing Judas without the music playing, I will be furious. There's no way that this doesn't end with the crowd cheering for or not i'm sorry not cheering singing the crowd singing judas they have to they're gonna I sing judas every day of my life literally every day since the first time i heard that song i listened to judas and i love the fact that the whole crowd sings to chris jericho and they better do it even when his music's not playing like i think they thought this out of the every week jericho comes out and the fans serenade yes. him and Jericho's whole entrance is he just watches the fans sing his song. Yeah. And I think it's like kind of like an experiment of like, will the fans just sing the whole thing without any backing? Um, And like all you need is one guy to really start it off or like maybe put like the lyrics on like the back of like the like the entrance. Mm -hmm. Jericho's coming. Something. There's some work around here that I'm sure they'll find. Like you could just have like 10 plants in the ring or in like throughout the arena and they start singing it Mm -hmm. these fans are going to sing it's either going to be a massive disappointment or it's going to be really fucking cool 
I really hope they sing. Because I will be really disappointed if they don't. I lo- like I said, I love that song. Hilarious, because I hate Chris Jericho's like speaking voice, but I love his singing voice, and he. I will be so upset. Like I'm upset that I'm not even going to hear Judas. I get it, it's fine, but they better still sing it to him. So who do you think is going to win between MJF or Chris Jericho? I would probably give this to MJF, uh, if only just because... Jericho is doing so much. Yeah. He apparently is going to be touring with Fozzie soon. He oh, does, so that, he should lose it then. I mean, he also is doing commentary for Rampage. I don't know how long he's going to be doing it. I Hopefully not long. I mean, spoiler alert, guys, I don't like Jericho on commentary. I already said I don't like his voice, so it's hard for him his to be voice, on commentary it, for Yeah, me. it's just, he's, it just seems like he's trying so hard on commentary. Like, I think he could be very good, uh, but he's, like, always screaming yeah and like you contrast that with like taz who like he he you know he pipes up when necessary mark henry was fantastic i thought on commentary i think he's going to be amazing like as like a just like an analyst and i don't like four-man teams anyway i think there's way too many people that's too much announcing that honestly sometimes three is too many but, I mean, we can get into Rampage now. We might as well just keep talking about AEW. Yeah. Because that aforementioned Christian Cage and Kenny Omega match for the Impact World Championship, one of, well, t- two of Kenny Omega's championship belts. Mm-hmm. Which was so confusing to me. I didn't realize that four, he has four belts on him, yes. but I didn't realize that two of them were the same thing. I also didn't know that until It kind of makes it not as impressive. It's still impressive. It's, listen, it's still impressive. Three, exactly. He still know? has three. It's impressive. Don't get me wrong about that. But I thought he had four. Yeah, he does. Because like, <laughs> he has know? the TNA Heavyweight Championship and the Impact World Championship, which apparently are the same thing. Whatever. Didn't know that. Um, I guess it's kind of like WWE and your Universal Championship. It was just he, weird looking. Uh, he doesn't have them anymore. Christian no. Cage won this match. Very, um, I don't want to say it was surprising because like, I thought but about it. But it was surprising because it, a couple weeks ago we said we didn't think that Christian Cage was here to really be in the title run. No. And then he won two titles. I didn't think he was really in the running for, like, the AEW championship. Yeah. And that one would be really surprising if he were to win it. But he that is who he's going against, Kenny Omega, for that title. Yes, that's going to be Cage. in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But when this match was announced on Wednesday that it was for the Impact World Championship, you have to remember Christian Cage debatably had his best singles years in TNA. Yes. And he was one of those, like... He jumped ship from WWE, I think, in, like, 2006. Um, and it was, like, a big moment for TNA. It was mm-hmm. a big get for, for them at the time. And he is, I believe, like, an Impact Hall of Famer. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he, the thing, like, he was a big part of TNA. He was one of the guys that got them some more national attention, some more buzz. So it, it made sense for me, like, of all the people that could take that title off of Kenny Omega, it would be kind of like a TNA guy. Yeah. Um, you'd prefer it to be somebody that's TNA now. Yeah. As opposed to an AEW signed guy. But, I mean, Christian, Christian, Christian Cage. Cage is going to have to defend this title Yeah. on Impact, and he's going to defend it against Brian Myers. That was announced as well. Former uh, Kurt Hawkins. And... That's funny. I honestly had no idea who you, you were saying when you said Brian Myers. I was like, who even is that? Yes. I, but I know Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> and, yeah, so... That was the first match of, in Rampage history was Christian Cage mm-hmm. winning the Impact World Championship 
uh, from the AEW champion, Kenny Omega. And we're going to have this match again in a couple weeks for the, for the AEW. AEW championship. Mm-hmm. And then we had Miro was the next match. Yep. And again, that man is terrifying now. Yeah, we had Miro versus Fuego Del Sol. And mm-hmm. the, if Fuego wins, he gets an AEW contract. If Miro wins, he wins. Yep. And Miro wins. And... And Fuego still, still gets the contract, contract. <laughs> because contract law is fake in WWE and wrestling in general. Yeah, apparently. We've, our, we've seen it for weeks now. Yeah. We had the Indian Johnny or the um, the Dexter and Johnny match for Indy. Mm-hmm. The Dexter lost. He still gets Indy. And now we have Fuego Del Sol loses to Miro. Um, you're forgetting a huge anyway. contract error as well where Finn Balor was supposed to be yes. against Roman Reigns, but now it's John Cena. Yeah, and on SmackDown, there was, there was another issue with the contract where Sonya was just like, nah, we're not doing this. But Miro wins. Yeah, Miro gets the victory, and then Sammy Guevara comes out. We get a Tony Khan sighting, very rare. Yeah. Uh, but Sammy Guevara comes out, hands Fuego that contract, so Fuego is now officially all elite. That was match number two of a one-hour show. Mm-hmm. And match number three is Britt Baker, DMD, the AEW Women's Champion, versus Red Velvet. And we are doing this in Brittsburg, Pennsylvania. So good. And the fans love their hometown girl. Yep. And their hometown girl with a broken wrist gets the victory. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she is just, to me, the best thing AEW has. She's dominating. She is main they, eventing. They do not have another woman that can be as good as Burt Baker. Like, she can now say that she has main evented Dynamite and Rampage. She's the first main event ever of Rampage. Yep. And she gets the victory in front of her home crowd. And she just, she everything about her just screams main eventer to me. And she is hitting this stride, we talked about it last week, that she's just better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Especially in AEW, like there aren't, I don't think there's another woman on that roster that is all around ready to take that away from Britt Baker. No, I think she's going to have a long reign because there's nobody exactly that. There's nobody that can knock her down. Like you can build up a Thunder Rosa. You can build up, um, really, you can build up anyone to get to that spot if they're talented enough. AEW has plenty of women that are talented enough to do it. It's just a matter of how do you build them and how do you get... I mean, Britt should be a heel. Yeah. Like the evil deathmatch dentist should be a heel character, but you're not going to do that in Pittsburgh. No. Not in her hometown. No way. And, uh, I mean, that was AEW. We have Rampage next week, uh, and Dynamite, obviously, but Rampage is the important one because mm-hmm. we're in Chicago, mm-hmm. and it is the first dance, and... And... If We're freaking out, man. If like, it's not CM Punk, the city of Chicago needs to evacuate. They're going to burn that city down. They need to declare a state of emergency and just everyone get out. The riots that happen if it's not Punk. Because, and I've said this before, I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but at this point... It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. He's, he's not denying it. Yeah, he's, he's not denying feeding it. into it. They're feeding into it. Everybody's feeding into it. John Cena even made a reference of it on SmackDown, which and we'll get to in a minute. And then posted the picture and on then, Instagram. Exactly. Like, Punk is coming back. Yeah. And that's something that, like, people are going to hear me scream Friday night. Well, the, like, the crazy thing is, it's directly after SmackDown. Yeah. And I've thought about this. Like, I think Sam Punk should open the show. Yeah. Get all those people as soon as SmackDown's over, mm-hmm. jump the ship over to TNT. Yep. And watch 
CM Punk come out, after hopefully, to years. Cult of Personality after seven years of being gone. Uh-huh. And the only question becomes, who? I, like, I think it, it has to be Darby. Like, it, seems it seems like Darby. Like. It just doesn't. It, it just doesn't, seems weird. Yeah. It's a cool matchup. Um, it just is weird to me because I don't, like, where does Sting play into all this? And, like, when you're asking that question about somebody like Sting, it's Yeah, then it weird. gets confusing. I just, I don't get the Sting-Darby pairing. It just seems like Sting is just around. They have a, they have a match on Dynamite. I said Sting's Sting is basically to, Darby's dad. Well, Sting's going to wrestle. Yeah. On Dynamite. It's Sting and Darby versus 2.0, formerly known as Everrise. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. But, I mean, I'll watch Sting wrestle because I... Th- I'll always watch Sting wrestle. Yeah, it's just a weird matchup, but it seems like it will be CM Punk and Darby if we just keep going mm-hmm. with the route that we're going. And there's a million matches that they can make. I mean, John Moxley is in the same company. Yeah, and we never got like a Dean Ambrose CM Punk thing. They yeah. overlapped very minimally. But and they both got referenced by John Cena because apparently they both got referenced John, by John Cena, Cena can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, John Cena opens the show SmackDown and. Him and Roman Reigns go 25 minutes just promos. Yo, it was so good. Yeah, it was I mean, so good. These guys were not pulling punches. John Cena, I mean, it was very much a rehash of their previous feud from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. When John Cena said that the reason he was still in WWE was because Roman was supposed to get that torch, but he's just not doing his job. Mm-hmm. And John Cena's here because Roman Reigns can't do his job. And John Cena has now come back and is still saying basically the same thing. Yeah, that he, Roman's he, just not that guy. Yeah, and now he's saying he's the only one that can shut Roman up. And, I mean, Roman has lived up to the potential that he always had. Mm-hmm. And, like, right now is not really the time to say that Roman's not doing his job because yeah, he's absolutely he's killing it. on fire right uh, now. But, yeah, but John is right in the sense that if somebody's going to kind of not dethrone Roman, but at least match wits and yes. get at Roman and not be like not be held back at all by writing or creative, it's John Cena because John yeah. Cena can say whatever he wants and he proved that. Yeah. So Roman Reigns references like John Cena just being so awful that Nikki Bella left him. Which was like, yikes! yes, what a low blow, right? And then John Cena just casually gets back on the mic and starts referencing how Roman was so awful, he almost destroyed Seth Rollins, how he is the reason Dean Ambrose left the WWE, and then makes a subtle CM Punk reference. Yeah, tells Roman that he might even take the title, jump the barricade and blow a kiss. What? And then John Cena... Tweets the or uh, posts the picture on Instagram of yeah. CM Punk doing that same thing, and these like it's funny that every like if you can use CM Punk in anything, yeah. just use it because the it. fans will go nuts for it. We're seven years later and people still chant CM Punk, which is just so funny because I remember like after like the first year people were like oh eventually they'll stop yeah, and they okay. just never did. The only reason they stopped was because the WWE was feeding in audio during the Thunderdome era. Well, the funny thing is that. John didn't get CM Punk chance. No, I thought that was weird too. But I think everybody was just so like in awe of what was actually being said because it was so like, boom, here's a jab, boom, here's a jab, and they're all so good that like everybody's jaw was on the floor. That's like I think that's the first time anyone's referenced Dean Ambrose since he left. Yes, and then later in the or at night, least since like Moxley came back. Yes, but later in the night when Edge, when there was like a um, not Edge, Seth Rollins had a promo. 
they have a video package showing the similarities between Seth Rollins and Edge, and they show Dean Ambrose in there too, because obviously they have to show the shield when they talk about, you know, Seth Rollins. But it was so weird. I was like, oh my God, my baby. (laughs) Dean's back all over the place. It works because Seth and Edge are so similar. Yes. And, you know, you look at how their careers have paralleled one another, where Edge started out in a group, the Brood, and Seth started out in a group, The Shield. Mm-hmm. And then they both kind of just took the brass ring and just ran with it. And they both cashed in Money in the Bank for the biggest moments of their careers. They both have been multiple-time world champions. Their careers have lined up so similarly, even though they didn't intersect at all. Yeah, Edge was gone by the time The Shield got mm-hmm. here. And I've always thought Seth reminded me of Edge, which is why I think... I mean, I've said this before... I know I said that Adam Cole I thought was the best a few weeks ago, but we've talked about this, how I Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world to me. Uh, just complete, total package. And I used to think that about Edge, because Edge was crazy. Yeah. He was amazing on the Have mic. He, he's still he crazy. He's believable. He's a big guy. He's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And Seth is the same way to yeah. me. And to see these guys finally go at it after, I mean, this is, a, this is technically a seven-year build of this feud. Yeah, for real. Because even in this... You know, Edge isn't here this week. So last week we had the in-ring promo with Edge and Seth wasn't here. This week we have the in-ring promo with Seth and Edge isn't here. But the chow, the chowd, <laughs> the crowd is chanting, we want Edge. Yep. And then Seth's going on and on and on about how he has to do this for his family. And he needs to do what's best for his family and everything. And this isn't 2014. And he will end Edge if he needs to. Well, and, I mean, it isn't 2014 because Edge can wrestle. Yeah. And Edge can get up. Mm-hmm. And Edge can actually fight back. And, I mean, that's the match that I'm most looking forward to, probably of the whole weekend. Let's go back to John Cena and Roman real quick. Who were you taking in this match? That is something I haven't really thought about. I mean, um, I'm taking Roman just because I don't think John's going to be the guy to end it. I could see him doing it, and they just kind of flop it, but I'd rather just... Because the title eventually would end up back on Roman, I believe. So just keep this long reign going. I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think Cena's going to win this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just. I. I mean, John can, because he could just. They could just go full Charlotte and John. Yes, and John obviously wins anyway. they could give it to John, and it could be a whole thing. And John can't. You know, is the only one who can shut up Roman and blah blah blah. But at the same point, maybe he's not. I would love if, I mean, especially if Finn doesn't get anything uh-huh. going into SummerSlam, just have Finn cost Cena the match. That's exactly where my thought process was Cena. going. Where it's like Cena looked like he was going to win the match, but then Finn comes out and does something to where Roman Reigns wins the match because a lot of times Roman does not win on his own anyway. So have it happen that way, and then we could even do a Cena-Finn feud, and then eventually a Finn and Roman feud, and then Finn can take it from Roman. Well, I mean, you look back at Finn said that he's not Smiley Finn anymore. Mm -mm. Finn wasn't on this show, I don't believe either. No, and he also Uh, said that he would go through John Cena if he had to. So I I feel like the only way to get him through John Cena is to cost John Cena that match. That's what that's what I'm taking for yeah. SummerSlam. I think Finn costs Cena the match that way. Roman at least gets the win. John Cena doesn't look too bad. And then we set up something because John Cena is sticking around yeah. for a little bit. So we might as well just you know give him one more, give him Finn. We also had 
Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews on this night. Yeah, for the Intercontinental Championship. And Shinsuke's momentum continues. Yeah. Intercontinental yes. Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, King Shinsuke. It's just been it's a roller coaster of emotions for Shinsuke fans for the last few years. He wins the Royal Rumble but loses at WrestleMania. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Now he's the king of the ring. And it, he's the Intercontinental Champion. And it's awesome. It's so... I, I love Shinsuke. It's good. I have no idea what they're going to do with Apollo Crews now. But at one point, Boogs got ejected from ringside. And I thought Pat McAfee was going to leave. He, he like should have. He should have walked out. out he was so mad. He was like, he didn't even do anything. And then uh, Aziz got ejected too. But Shinsuke got this win. Yeah. And Pat McAfee went ape shit. Boy, did he celebrate. Rick Boogs comes back down Pat McAfee is on top of the announce table with Rick Boogs playing his guitar. Shinsuke gets on the announce table. McAfee's playing the air guitar over here. He takes his, like, blazer off at one point. It, he was just having the time of his life. I mean, Pat McAfee, nobody enjoys Rick Boogs more than Pat McAfee. Yeah. And I'm a, I mean, I think Rick Boogs has revitalized Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. in WWE just by playing guitar for him. We also had another contract signing. His contract mm-hmm. signings were going so well in SmackDown. Well, this is what I was saying earlier where Sonya was – at one point there was a little thing where it looked like they were going to fight before they caught, before they signed the contract. And Sonya was like, no, no, well, we are was, not doing this again. Yeah, this is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. They're going to sign their contract for the women's championship match at SummerSlam. And there's some talk back and forth. And uh, for some reason, Carmella and Zelina Vega come out. Yeah, they're like... To be, like, backup flunkies for Sasha? It's very strange. She was like, I have my bodyguards or something along those lines, basically. It was just weird. Like... And I really thought... Because, like, they came out and then she signed the contract. And then she gave the contract to Bianca to sign. And I thought the way that Bianca was looking was that she was waiting for her girls to come out. That, like... Tony Storm was going to come out, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, you know, I the people who sure made a be, debut and yeah. we haven't seen since. I thought that it was going to be something like that, but then instead it was really, she was just sizing up and trying to figure out where everyone was, because as soon as she signed that contract, she throws the book at Sasha, she attacks Zelina, jumps over, attack, attacks Carmella, goes back to Sasha, and it's an all-out brawl between the four of them. And... Yeah, Bianca ends up in a bank statement, mm-hmm. and that's how we closed SmackDown. Yeah, with her again. hair. Sa- Sasha used Bianca's hair in a bank statement, and that was wild to me. I just don't get the, like... So, apparently, Bianca doesn't have friends backstage. Yeah. Uh, we can, I guess, establish that. But yeah, Tegan Knox and Shotsky, nowhere to be... Shotsky. <laughs> Tegan Knox and Shotsky, nowhere to be seen. Tony Storm has not nowhere. been seen Mm-mm. since her debut, I believe. Yeah. And no Tamina sighting, no women's tag titles all week. But we did have time for two Baron Corbin segments this week because Baron Corbin's going to come out and beg this crowd (laughs) for money. It was so funny. A minimum of $1,000 per person. Yes, Baron Corbin is out here looking broke as hell. Oh, he's a wreck, saying he's he's about to claim bankruptcy. He's got his phone. It's got a card swiper on it. And he would like everyone to give him $1,000 each. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's he's just he's just trying to get back on his feet. So he needs a crowd of what I would assume is, I don't know, 10 to 20,000 people. $1,000 a piece. Makes sense to me. On Monday, when he came out to verse Drew, 
Drew said to him when he was calling him pathetic, he was like, what will it take to get you back on your feet? To get Because, like, at this point, he's also, like, laying in the ring. So he's like, what would it take to get you back on your feet and to get you to stop being this pathetic? And this dude turned around and said, I just need a little bit of money. Can you just lend me $100,000? Which, I mean, he's now very much up to that. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, there's more than 100 people in that crowd on Saturday or on uh, Friday. But Kevin Owens comes out. Yeah, lucky just, for him. Kevin Owens is a great friend. Yeah, Kevin Owens <laughs> is sick of hearing the shit, man. He's uh, he's sick of seeing Baron Corbin beg for money. Yeah. And he says that he will give Baron Corbin $1,000 if Baron Corbin can beat him in a match. Yeah. But if he can't, then he needs to go get his shit together. And guess what? He can't. Yeah. So Barry needs to go get his shit together. He needs to go help himself. And I don't he know. he did. I don't know how he does that, other than he goes backstage. And helps himself to the Money in the Bank briefcase. And steals Biggie's briefcase, and Biggie does not give chase. It, that confused me. It was very weird. Baron Corbin runs very awkwardly. Yeah, uh, ran away holding with a briefcase above his head, and Biggie didn't do anything. Nope. But I guess we'll figure out more on that on Monday, or on Friday. Like, maybe it was an empty briefcase. So I guess like we give Baron or give Biggie something to do. Yeah. Uh, have him face Baron Corbin because this better not be another Oda situation where like they no. just take the Money in the Bank off of Biggie for somebody else. Now speaking of Otis, uh, he and Chad Gable, the Alpha Academy, faced the Street Profits, and Street Profits get a victory. Yeah. And the Mysterios also went head to head against Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. And I just don't. I continue to not care about them. They didn't have their cool entrance. They don't have one. No, remember they did have like a decent entrance. Wasn't that Yeah, I'm saying it wasn't cool then. Yeah, it was them. They had like that weird, like they were in, I don't know. They had like some weird green screen entrance before. They've We haven't had it again. Yeah. Instead, we've just had weird backstage segments where Bray like holds his son's head and is like, oh, I love you. I'm proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Cool. But yeah, I just, I'm over caring. Saturday night, August 21st, we've got SummerSlam. It's Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte versus Rhea for the Women's Championship. Who's your pick? I want to pick Nikki. I want to pick Nikki just because, like, that's where my heart goes. But Charlotte Flair's in a match on a pay-per-view, so I feel like logically I should be picking Charlotte Flair. Well, I'm going to pick Nikki. I'm going to pick pick Nikki A.S.H. to win this match. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. I think we're on the same page here. It'll be Lashley. It's got to be Bobby Lashley. Damian Priest versus Sheamus. Priest. I'm going to pick Damian Priest as well. SmackDown matches. We've got John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I'm going to pick Roman here. Yeah. Bianca versus Sasha for the Women's Championship match. A little bit more interesting because do we just continue the dominance of Bianca Belair? Or does Sasha get her win back? I'm going to go ahead and give Sasha the victory here and get that title back on Sasha Banks' waist. I'm still undecided on that, and I'm probably not going to make a decision until I make the post for our social media with our predictions on it. Seth so Rollins, there's that. Seth Rollins versus Edge just for funsies. Nothing on the line, just a funsy match. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins, even though I think Edge could really use a victory here. I think Edge is going to win. I'll take I'll take either one. Yeah. I'm happy either, either way. I'm it's the most excited I am. Takeover 36, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, two out of three falls. I'm taking the Adam Cole yeah, baby. Yeah, Adam Cole has to win the two out of three. I mean, just have him win the first two. I don't even yeah. care. No, so, I want to see the steel cage match, so we can go well, all, yeah. through, all through. But Ilya Dragunov and Walter. 
Walter. I'm taking Walter as well. Samoan Joseph. Samojo. Versus Karrion Cross. Don't even care about Karrion Cross. I don't know. That's. I feel like that's like the toughest one for me because I thought Karrion we'll Cross would have We'll also have a prediction post title. for that one. Yeah, I thought Karrion Cross would have dropped the title to Johnny. And then when he didn't, he's since debuted on Raw. So it makes more sense for Samoa Joe to win. Yeah. I just but, want Samoa Joe to win, yeah. and then I want to see him versus Pete Dunne. That's one that I'll probably save uh, for the Instagram as well. Um, and then real quick, we should talk about how last night Kenny Omega defended his AAA World Championship at Triple Mania versus Andrade, who had Ric Flair yep. with him. I mean, technically, he also had Charlotte Flair with him, but she was backstage. Well, of course, she's not going to show up. <laughs> but Andrade, really dope entrance. All of a sudden, Ric Flair is here, too. Yeah, you got to support his son-in-law. And we had Andrade versus Kenny Omega and just shenanigans galore. Mm -hmm. Ric Flair gets involved. Ric Flair gets physical. uh, But Kenny Omega ends up retaining the AAA championship at Triple Mania. Yeah, it just made the Christian Cage win weirder to me for some reason. Because I thought for sure this was just a buildup of, like, we're going to have Kenny drop all his belts Mm -hmm. and then, like, be crazy about keeping the AEW one. Yeah. Um, but this this fight, the Triple Mania didn't air in any way in USA. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense that, like, he kept the title because a majority of their demographic couldn't watch it. But also at the same time, like, I, I don't... I don't know. I, I don't feel know. like we still could have... Andrade right. would have been the perfect he guy to take that He should have won title. it. He should have won it. I agree with that. I don't like that he didn't win it. Uh, it does make sense why Ric Flair left the WWE... And oh, got well, he's out gonna of his sign. contract. Yeah, because, he's going to sign with AEW yeah. as soon as he legally can, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't want Ric Flair in the ring anymore. It's, Me neither. Like, and it's scary. not even like, all due respect to Ric Flair, I don't want to see you die in the ring. Maybe yeah. you want to. I don't no, want that scary. for you. No, it's scary. I already have like a heart attack every time I see Shotzi Blackheart or Darby Allen in the ring with these people thinking that they're just going to like throw themselves around and hurt themselves. And now I have to worry about Ric Flair's heart basically exploding. And I, I, I'm just worried for him, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was a another just crazy week of wrestling. We also yeah. had New Japan. It was also last night. Lance Archer loses his IWGP US Championship mm-hmm. to Hiroshi Tanahashi. John Moxley in the crowd, Better visibly upset. And yeah, if we don't get John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi All right. for that US Championship, then we're going to have problems. And that completes a just wild week of wrestling across all formats. And we still have another huge weekend coming up. Uh, we better get CM Punk on that. But either way, keep an eye out on our social media for our predictions for SummerSlam and for TakeOver. We will have a bonus episode for SummerSlam that might include TakeOver. We might have our own episode for TakeOver. If you're following us at HeBook SheBook, you'll be the first to know there. And make sure you catch us every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys.